Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, Today, um, we have a very special topic, but Steve J. Seidman, the founding attorney of Seidman Law Office, with over 30 years as an experienced trial lawyer focused on personal injury. Steve is America's Heroes Group partner, sponsor, and advisory board member. Uh, He has supported uh, the initiatives of veterans uh, throughout this nation. Uh, Make sure that if you have any kind of legal issues that you want to discuss, Uh, make sure you call this man. He will be giving his number out, so get your pencils and pens ready. Uh, It will be a hot number that you need to have in your Rolodex. For those of you who are older than uh, I am, uh, I guess that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so out today we're going to have a discussion about the 2021 updates on legal issues. And, uh, Steve, we are so excited, as usual, to have you back on this air. How are you? Uh, thank, thank, I'm fine. Thank you so much. And uh, I use dial telephone, so I know about Rolodex. <laughs> I, I think if we gave dial telephones to children now, they wouldn't know what to do with them, by the way. But that's for another day. Um, I, I wanted to start off the show, first of all. Uh, it, it, we're American heroes, group, And that term hero is thrown around so often and and, and in terms of sports heroes and, and all, we, we always are obviously honored to, uh, to talk about heroes in the military who have served this nation. But I'd like to, to shout out today to Detective Timothy Jones. And uh, he, he's having a birthday celebration as we speak. Uh, in 2015, um, off, uh, he was then officer, rookie officer, uh, he, he came from University of Indianapolis, graduate, and he was a rookie police officer. Uh, and he was uh, wounded uh, by a gunman um, who actually shot him in the head three times. Um, despite the fact that he had a, a terribly grim prognosis, Officer, now, now Detective Jones, has made a tremendous recovery. Uh, he is having a birthday celebration. He's 30 years old. Uh, July 5th, and today is a celebration. I'm so sorry I cannot be there, and I want to shout out happy, happy birthday. I think if I was to try to sing happy birthday, the FCC would end the show hmm. because of the, the, the actual horror that uh, people would have to listen to in the music. Um, yeah. But yeah, you want uh, to say his name one more time, uh, Steve? Yeah, it's, 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 it's Detective Timothy Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, they, they talk about the best of us and the rest of us. Officer Jones then, and now Detective Jones is the best of us. And um, uh, my hat's off, and happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to uh, to Tim. Excellent. So thank you. Um, and actually, Tim, Tim's father, uh, Chief Jones, used to be chief of uh, Country Club Hills. He was actually on the show once when Cliff and I, because he's a former military person, and uh, kind of gave us uh, a little background on some things. Um, happy birthday, Tim. As far as uh, I've got a lot of topics, as I always uh, have today, to uh, to talk about. And, uh, I, you know, Glenda Smith, who's our executive director of this group, has, really was very engaged in um, sexual harassment, sexual assault, 
and how female people in the military were not given um, basic rights in that regard. And things have changed. And actually, uh, President Biden um, just earlier this month is going to back changes. He said he was backing changes in military sexual assault prosecution. Um, And actually, uh, these changes are pretty wide sweeping. Um, Basically, he stopped short of basically stripping commanders of oversight of all major crimes um, because the president has approved about two dozen recommendations, and the changes include a call to shift prosecution decisions away from military prosecutors and actually outside the military, and and to give these sexual assault response coordinators, victims advocates, uh, help them out, in other words. Hmm. And... um, he, he's already, this president has already discussed this with uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who fully supports this, uh, and is, it's now going to be moving along. Um, Senator Kristen Gilbrand of, of New York uh, had the support of 66 senators for this bill that would handle independent prosecutors, would, would allow independent prosecutors to handle felonies that call for more than a year in prison. Now, we know about uh, Vanessa Gillen. She was the person from one of the suburbs of Chicago and actually uh, was murdered. We also came to find out that she had a bill named after her. Uh, and uh, this, this bill, um, the Vanessa Gillen bill, um, uh, it's called I Am Vanessa Gillen Act, seeks to reform the way the military handles sexual assault and harassment cases. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that's bothersome to me as we sit here today to talk about this is, is that recently, in the month of May, the justices of the Supreme Court snubbed, um, uh, snubbed military raped claimants from pursuing um, actions, civil actions. Now, you know, that's what we do at our firm. We're, we're civil lawyers. Yes. The U.S. Supreme Court, with Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas, um, basically dissenting, and, and we all know he's a very conservative dissenter. Yes. But the recent decision uh, not to review, it was a West Point cadet. She alleged rape uh, and tried to sue the U.S. military at West Point for their knowledge of being able and, and knowing what was going on there. And uh, the court, the Supreme Court of the United States said, sorry, we have something called the Ferris Act, F-E-R-E-S, and that doctrine gives the government immunity over injuries related to military service. That, that if you were raped, for instance. So I guess my point here hmm. is, is that if, if indeed you have new bills being introduced and you have all the right words being mentioned, that it's wrong, that it's got to go out to prosecute sexual harassment cases, and yet you cannot even file a civil case for it still to this day because of the Ferris Act. Mm-hmm. That is not right. And Justice Thomas actually called out the court and said that this is it, it, he said that the denial of the petition uh, for, for review uh, was really not fair and that this immunity has to end. It has to stop because otherwise, when mm-hmm. will it? Now, mm-hmm. um, when Cliff and uh, Congressman Danny Davis, we, we were on the show two years ago, approximately in the Ferris Act was uh, this act that basically gives immunity to the military. Uh, And this act really used to apply for medical malpractice claims claims of those people 
mm-hmm. in the military. So okay. if you were malpracticed mm-hmm. uh, in the military and you were working or a part of the military at the time, it used to be you could not sue them. And two years ago, approximately, there was a movement of foot. And in fact, the, the law changed in part, I, I would hope somewhat, even a small little iota because of this group, because of us uh, kind of lobbying with a bunch of other people and a lot more important and obviously uh, people who made it happen. But you could sue now if you're, uh, if you're malpracticed on in a military hospital. But a sexual rape victim still can't. So they carved out a little exception hmm. for malpractice victims. And maybe it's time, Dr. Arnold, to, to mm-hmm. see if we can't make it happen where rape victims can be sued. Because it's not good enough to give internal justice uh, or court martials if, if indeed the military is going to be held responsible for their conduct and not acting and not responding to these sexual discrimination or sexual harassment claims. There's got to be a bite behind it. It's got, the bite is always about money. That's the way we do things. It's always about what kind of money you could get for things. Because unless you have that bite, then there's no real way to enforce anything. Um, on that subject, yeah, and I, I think, you know, we see that a lot. But on that subject, we, there, there were, if you might recall, in 2017, there was a Texas, Texas mass shooting um, in, in a church. It actually was by a military individual. It was an Air Force airman, Devin Devin Thatcher Kelly. And he went to a church at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, and killed 26 people. I don't know if you remember. It was a terrible mass shooting that occurred one Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that he had a domestic assault years before he opened fire during the Sunday morning services. And he was, they were sued. The, the military was sued, saying, hey, look, if you would have done a background check on this man, mm-hmm. it, it would have prevented him from passing the back. Even a little check would have prevented him from passing the background check for buying guns. Right. However, the Air Force knew about it. The Air Force never submitted his criminal record or fingerprints to the FBI, despite having uh, a, a duty and multiple chances to do so. So, in other words... They knew through his background check that this guy was a bad guy. He had domestic assault mm-hmm. uh, and never should have had a gun in his hand in the first place. Well, the government was sued, and a federal judge recently blamed a, a, a portion, 60% of the blame, for that Texas mass shooting on the United States Air Force. Wow, 60%. The court said, had the government done its job, it is more likely than not that the gunman would not have been would have been deterred from carrying out the church shooting. Wow! Um, and uh, now those people, those victims, could now go ahead and actually uh, present their claims for damages. Uh, and when we have claims for damages, if somebody's injured, for instance, in the VA hospital and they're a veteran, um, you have to follow a special rule. It's called the Tort Claims Act, the Federal Tort Claims Act. There are special things that need to be done. Um, so that needs to be done, and, and, and I assume that's been done in that Texas case, and now that's going to go ahead. Um, now I'd like to talk about military bias a little bit, and what's that? Yes, yes. <laughs> You know, we see a lot of this, and, and there were some lawsuits recently settled uh, for big corporations where people are in the military, they want to take leave, right, and, and they, they have to go 
serve their military functions and duties, and they're they're basically punished for it from an, from an economic standpoint um, at the uh, at the, at the employer. So in other words, hey, we're going to dock you for not showing up. Uh, we're not going to pay you. So this even happened in Manhattan. Uh, there was a lawsuit. Uh, and I, I mention this because it happens all over. It was a former paralegal against a large law firm in New York. And uh, they basically, she, she was claiming sexual harassment and military discrimination claims. And this was a law firm that was doing this. So you can imagine it's pretty pervasive. And if a lot of the uh, veterans who are listening to the show today have these type of discrimination cases where their employers are calling them out and saying, hey, look, you know, you're going to serve your, you know, your duty um, in, in, the, in the military if you're a National Guard member or a reserve member. And, you, you know, we're going to dock you for it. That's illegal. They can't. Okay, and we've seen major corporations. So if that's happened, um, I would say please give me a call, 312-781-1977. Um, and if there's any other injuries you have, uh, please give me a call as well. Um, a couple of other things I'd like to talk about while we're talking about litigation and, and things uh, happening that are bad. Uh, the, uh, the Navy, um, there was a Navy helicopter that crashed uh, earlier in the month in July, and it was searching um, for a hiker. Uh, and it was an MH-60 Nighthawk uh, helicopter, and it crashed. Uh, now, we don't know the cause of the crash, and we don't know what it is, uh, what, what occurred because of it. Uh, what caused it, I should say. But we do know that earlier in the month, the FAA ordered emergency inspections of Bell helicopters after a deadly crash in Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, you know, you know, military, obviously, you've been in Vietnam, or, or you've been ser- you've served uh, in, in, in the military in Afghanistan, uh, in Iraq. Uh, you know um, the, the uh, use of helicopters and military equipment. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's right now an emergency directive on a helicopter. It may or may not be a military helicopter, but we saw earlier in the month an MH-60 Nighthawk go down. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, there are issues uh, that, that need to be looked at. Um, and uh, speaking of other bills this month that are of use, uh, a, a, more money has been earmarked. We talked about this in the last show. Uh, about many different ways, many different funding, uh, much funding for uh, for the veterans uh, that exist. Uh, this month, including uh, for transsexuals, uh, transgender people, uh, and if people are utilizing this now and should. Uh, that money is out there for them. There's a bill now that it would expand the veterans' access to comp- contraceptives. Now, why is this important? Because the U.S. Uh, right now, legislation is introduced in Congress by Democratic lawmakers, and what it do, would do is require health care providers at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to tell patients they may request a year's worth of oral contraceptive pills at a time. Now, why is this important? Because if you get a 12-month prescription for birth control pills, it reduces the number of, of unintended pregnancies, and it would save the VA time and money. Um, the, the sponsors of the bills are U.S. Senators Tammy Duckworth uh, of Illinois, of course, and Maisie Hurano of Hawaii, and they've introduced the Access to Contraceptive Act Expansion for Veterans Act in Illinois. Also, U.S. Representative Lauren Underwood of Illinois has also been part of that. 
I, I'd like to take the, the, the final few moments, if we could, to talk about something that you mentioned, uh, Doctor, and I think that we need to explore. And yes. uh, there's the claim at the veterans, you have said that you believe that there's probably anecdotal evidence of discrimination among those people filing claims. Oh, yes, sir. And yes. Yeah, and if you could explain to the viewing um, audience or to the listening audience a little bit what you mean by that, and then I think I'd like to try to get a course of action like we did with the sexual uh, the, the, the sexual cases and what we did with the Ferris Act. Uh, so I don't know if you could help us tell us what you you have at least seen. Okay. Yes. And you know, as a you know, as a veteran going into uh, the VA and getting examined, uh, you know, pen, pen and comp, you know, exams, you know, uh, you know, pension and compensation exams for and the compensation for you know uh, injuries that arose uh, in military duty. Uh, I've gone to those who have been less than satisfied. As a physician, I know that they're not doing what they should be doing to document um, what you're telling them. And actually, the exams are less than uh, a, a fifth grader could give <laughs> when I go in to actually <laughs> to have them evaluate me. And so this has always been a contention with me. And, Steve, you, you actually kicked me off looking at something. And I, I, I tried to start looking at the statistics to get back to you. And one of the things I found was that Yale Law School is, has a uh, major study going on right now about the, uh, the disparate impact. And they were mentioning that uh, it was somewhere around 83% of those people who were white who uh, applied for PTSD were um, actually uh, approved, and when they went to the African American, it was like 41 to 43 percent were actually approved mm -hmm. after they had applied. So there is some kind of disparate impact that is going on with these comp and pen examinations, and uh, that's something that really, really needs to be looked at. I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the topic uh, earlier. Well, I think we, we get, if we get a game plan, sort of like what we did with the Ferris Act, and maybe we could impose upon Congressman Davis, who's helped us before at least showed some interest because if there is anecdotal evidence that is now not more than anecdotal in other words it's statistics and you see it with the yale study yeah. that that's that's the what do they say where there's smoke there's fire and you know the only thing the only way to effectuate change is to start to try to change Yes. I know I'm out of time right now. Okay. Uh, I, I think Joe will spend the whole thing talking about this. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that thing wrap up. But, but Steve, uh, you are a, a, an extraordinary, extraordinary attorney. And uh, we're going to have to have a show dedicated to this one topic because I think it's really huge. Uh, has huge potential, and you've been an advocate for our veterans all the way through. And, again, call that number 312-781-1977 for the best attorney on earth. Make sure you call um, Mr. Seidman. Uh, he is on your side. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.